the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. I was thinking of the line by Walker Percy, I'm sorry to find tedious what seems to give such general satisfaction, but I find it tedious. In regards to Tulsi Gabbard, there's an old saying, some people learn by watching, some people learn by listening, and some people just have to micturate on the electric fence. I was thinking about that as I read Tulsi Gabbard's public exit from the Democratic Party. Some are calling it a defection. It is and it is not a defection. In the modern sense, as most dictionaries will state, a defection means leaving one side or cause for another. However, in its original meaning, when you break down the word, it is action caused by defect. That is to say, the leaving of something that is not good, defected, if you will, from the Latin defectus, leaving something due to failure. To Tulsi Gabbard, the Democratic Party is today a failure, to her understandings of it, to her original reasons for joining it. It is worth reading her essay as more indicative of her thinking than the video that's getting so much attention. She has an attendant essay. Writing is always more deliberate, contemplative, and conscience in meaning than speaking. She states in her essay she originally joined the Democratic Party because of its commitment to the environment and, living in Hawaii, the protection of natural resources. She then says she was, quote, inspired by Democrats who stood up against the war in Vietnam and those who fought for Hawaii's plantation workers who were being abused and exploited by wealthy landowners, close quote. She then writes, today's Democratic Party is, quote, under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism, actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution, are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, believe in open borders, weaponize the national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Close quote. At first blush, it's interesting to pause a moment on the warmonger charge. While it is true most major wars were presided over by Democratic presidents, Wilson, FDR, Truman, Kennedy, Johnson, that is not true of Afghanistan and Iraq. George W. Bush was the president then and took us to both countries, and it was in 2003 that Tulsi Gabbard joined the military, just as we were going into Iraq under a Republican president. Back then, nearly all Republicans supported those efforts. And nearly all Democrats would discover they had to, to oppose Republicans and attempt to defeat George W. Bush, to be against the wars. When Michael Moore made his mockumentary, Fahrenheit 911, it was an anti-war, anti-Bush, anti-GOP screed. The premiere was held in Washington, D.C., just ahead of the 2004 election. And all the famous and fancy Democrats attended, including Nancy Pelosi and Tom Daschle, then the head of the Democratic Party in the U.S. Senate. 
You will recall the most famous charge against John Kerry in 2004 when he was challenging Bush was that he voted for funding the Iraq war before he voted against it. Then the Democrats were true to their post-1968 history of being anti-war and defunding the war in Vietnam. They were no different in supporting the nuclear freeze movement, supporting Jimmy Carter, who stated we had an inordinate fear of communism, opposing the Strategic Defense Initiative, undermining Ronald Reagan's opposition to the Soviet Union, and undermining the satellite efforts to fund anti-communist organizations in Central America. Anyone remember Iran-Contra, for example? To this moment, I'm not sure the Democratic Party is any more pro-war as she puts it, than it has been since the 1960s, with a few exceptions here and there. You will recall Joe Lieberman left the Democratic Party and became a hero to many of us because the Democrats were too soft on foreign relations and military necessities. Howard Dean and John Kerry and Al Gore were the, and Al Gore were all the rage. And then Barack Obama, whose calling card in Illinois in his first race for office was a major anti-war speech in Illinois. While it is true a great many conservatives and Republicans have come to see support for the Iraq war as a mistake, it is at least my thesis that it was a mistake in execution and goal rather than merit. After all, we were attacked by terrorists, we were in a war against terrorism, and Iraq was chock full of terrorists it had been harboring and working with, including, despite the revisionism, attempts to work with al-Qaeda. And if we are being honest... Wasn't there a great deal of upset with George H.W. Bush for not finishing the job in the first Gulf War? Which gets me back to something about Joe Lieberman and people who leave the Democratic Party. When he joined the Al Gore ticket in 2000, some in our party were very excited. I recall doing a debate and panel with Michael Medved, who was one of them, pushing and thinking the Democratic Party was moving in the right direction by putting a somewhat conservative-minded centrist like Joe Lieberman on the ticket. I recall going through his voting record, his speech record, his op-ed record, and I said, let's talk about this centrism for a moment. Joe Lieberman has given great speeches on our culture and depictions of violence in music and movie entertainment, but he voted down the line with Planned Parenthood. He was very pro-abortion at every turn, including opposing the ban on partial birth abortion. I said a conservative would be opposed to real violence, not just fake violence. And while Tulsi Gabbard has very good things to say about the problems with the Democratic Party on things like re-racializing America and the strength of the apparatus of the state, her voting record on abortion is as left-wing as it gets, including opposing legislation that would prevent abortions at the stage the unborn child could feel pain and opposing Born Alive Infant Protection Acts. I don't know that there is a confirmed Democrat and Republican position on war right now. I don't think Joe Biden is any more militaristic than Donald Trump. We praised Donald Trump for giving weapons to Ukraine when Obama would not. And it's fair to say that Vladimir Putin probably would not have invaded Ukraine if he thought Joe Biden were more serious militarily. But there are some, shall we say, weirdnesses with Tulsi Gabbard's worldview, starting with the fact that she is not just now joining the Republican Party. There are other weirdnesses. For example, she signed on to Ilan Omar's resolution in support of boycotting Israel. And she has time and again opposed Israel's position on the West Bank, or more simply put, allowing Jews to live in places like Hebron as much as in Tel Aviv. 
She supports the creation of an official Palestinian state, which is the equivalent of supporting the creation of another Libya or Syria. I guess that won't lead to more wars. And why has she said nothing about the major domestic issues fueling the Democratic Party just now, including the one issue Democrats are exploiting beyond any other, and that, if they are successful, will be the reason, the reason, I repeat, that this election does not become a red wave election for Republicans. That's the issue of abortion. Will she campaign for Republicans? Democrats are making a meal of Republicans who have defected to help them out, particularly in Arizona races. Will she come here and help the likes of Blake Masters and Carrie Lake to neutralize that? Or would such campaigning be problematic when a reporter asks Miss Gabbard to square her abortion position with the Republican candidates she is campaigning for. So she isn't joining the Republican Party, and thus the big news is that she is merely leaving the Democratic Party because she can't take it anymore. But is that a loss to the Democratic Party? She was not a major figure in it. Few had ever heard of her until she decided to run for president. She was a thorn in Kamala Harris's side during the debates and Hillary Clinton's after. But can anyone tell me on what issues? Most of her media was on Tucker Carlson's show, not hardly ever CNN or MSNBC or the major networks. So while I'm glad she left a corrupt and corrupting party, there's another proverb I just want us to keep in mind. When you jump for joy, make sure nobody is removing the flooring from beneath your feet. Flooring, base, baselines, grounding, fundamentals. Will she join the Libertarian Party or try to create some new third party? It seems she has a third party in mind. I could be wrong, but she hasn't signed up with us. And for what it's worth, Scott Johnson at Powerline picked up the same read of her statement. It was only yesterday we were complaining about third parties that detract from electing Republicans. And if she's no loss to the Democratic Party, as I say above, and she is not helping Republicans, may I ask we slow down in the celebration here, temper it just a little? I think our party today is a little conflicted on its foreign policy views, which still need to be worked out as something more than whatever Democrats are against and whatever Donald Trump is for. And I like that she has no truck with the anti-civil libertarian dominance of the Democratic Party. But let's be a little cautious with shiny objects and see where her development goes. She is smart. She is a patriot. She is articulate. Those are great starts. But right now, for better or worse, we have binary choices. And that she isn't joining the GOP may just up end up being a very negative thing if, in fact, she does get more interviews. And if, in fact, she is asked about why she isn't joining the GOP. And then she starts out with her smarts, patriotism and articulateness, talking about all the problems within the GOP and the reasons she won't join it. That is just what we do not need right now. We are, of course, a party of convert, converts and welcome them good ones have made us so much the better so long as they have had changes in mind and outlook but some of her narrative just does not make sense she joined the democratic party because of opposition to the war in vietnam she says has she rethought that then she joined the military just as we were going into iraq she is an independent mind which is to be celebrated she is not with us on the very issues the democrats are clobbering us with And she very evidently has not signed on with us. So I hope you'll forgive me in saying that this news is something I want us to temper until we learn more 
or until she does. I don't mean to spoil the party, but right now, less than a month before an election, it is taking everything we got to support our party. I worry about her spoilage of it more. The truth is, when you look at today's Democratic Party, and you can go to my monologue of last week regarding everything it today stands for, that is, I believe, insane and anti-democratic, the surprise is not that Tulsi Gabbard left it. The surprise is that anyone who is rational would stay in it for so long or stay in it today at all. But leaving a bad church is not the same as joining a good one. Some people leave bad churches, bad churches to join good ones. Some people leave bad parties to join good ones. Some become atheists and agnostics. After all, when the first impeachment vote on Donald Trump came about, she was the only Democrat to vote present. Think on that as we are in this battle. And while it is said there are no atheists in a foxhole, it's fair to say our party is in a foxhole right now because we're in a fight, a war for the soul of our nation. We need more believers, not more dissidents. That's what all the concern about rhinos is, isn't it? And it's not sufficient that we cheer the other party's loss, is it? The goal and celebration is for our party to win so that our country can survive. In the end, I think it's still true. We don't succeed with sunshine, with sunshine soldiers and summer patriots. I hope she joins us. For now, her reticence is what concerns and tempers my ability to jump for joy just yet. Just remember, end of day, only two years ago, two years ago, she was running to unseat and replace Donald Trump on behalf of the Democratic Party. I'm Seth Leibson. Let me know what you think. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us our culture and economy update with the one and only John Dombrowski. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. He has his own radio show here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. How are you, John? Fantastic. How are you doing, Seth? I'm doing fine. Thank you. There's this, speaking of wealth, um, there's this interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. I was looking at. Federal officials trade stock in companies their agencies oversee. Tell mm. us about this, John. Yeah, interesting article. And this isn't something new. I mean, we've known about this. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the most uh, recent ones that we've heard about was uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband, how he was able to make some very timely trades to make some profits on some stocks ahead of uh, maybe some of the news that the rest of the public uh, would have received. You know, it's it, it's interesting as investment advisors ourselves and the licenses that we hold, we have to always put our clients ahead of ourselves, even individually. If I, you know, heard some news about a company and I was going to purchase a stock, as an example, uh, ahead of maybe uh, a client's trade, that would be unethical. That could be a, a challenge for me, you know, as an individual investment advisor. Uh, but yet our officials, our elected officials, who know more than anyone when it comes to some of the news that be uh, based on the information that they receive and the laws that they are going to be passing or legislation or regulatory, uh, you know, issues that they're going to be passing against certain sectors of the market. And ahead of that, they can place trades. They can buy or they could sell. Uh, depending on how the impact is going to affect that industry that they're making uh, some type of a legislative move on. So it's really interesting. And they they had more than 2,600 officials all throughout parts of the, uh, you know, the um, 
uh, U.S. government uh, branches. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times, an elected official these these probably are less they're less elected officials than they are you know agency and administration. Right. A lot of elected officials, you know, will talk about putting their investments in things blind. like blind right. trusts. Right. 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 It would seem a pretty smart reform. Yes. That that should be applicable to all people on any government um, on any government paycheck, especially when they're in the regulatory or administrative business. You know, you've got you've got individual, uh, you know, uh, companies and then CEOs of these companies that are restricted as to how they could trade. And many of the employees are restricted uh, when they receive uh, bonuses. They may receive what are called, uh, you know, stock options or Mm -hmm. restricted stock. Mm -hmm. And that that is specifically because they're involved in a business, a publicly traded business, that um, they may have some insider information, yep. right? Exactly. And so uh, they're, they're held to a standard that they cannot trade that stock for a specific period of time. But yet our officials who maybe have an impact on a company or a sector of the market, well, it doesn't seem like they, uh, of course, are going to hold themselves accountable as they want to hold Martha Stewart or uh, whoever it right. may be for some type of... Uh, what they would perceive to be a violation of some uh, securities act. Yeah, that's right. Because we're talking about you know the, the the use of a tool like a blind trust, but mm-hmm. the importance here is trust in the public and the public trust, the trust of our public officials, right? Yeah, uh, well, uh, absolutely. Oh. Uh, and if if there, it's so inter- interesting how a lot of these public officials, and and I'm not saying Republican Democrat. I believe that it's probably on both sides. That's, and that's my what, sense. That's yeah. what this article yeah. says. Yeah. Um, that of course it's it's the old do as I say, not as I do. Uh, type of approach. And it's just one more thing that that makes people a little bit uncomfortable about what our representatives are doing and and who are they really looking out for? Are they looking out for us or are they looking out for themselves? Unfortunately, uh, many people have some doubts about what their real motives are. Uh, John, quick comment. Uh, Thank you for that and for flagging that. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen making some news today saying Mm -hmm. the U.S. economy is doing well. How do you rate it? How do you fare? How do you rate the the, how fair and how well our our economy is doing right now? I mean, obviously, Seth, there are so many challenges that we're faced with right now, and people are looking at their retirement accounts or their investments, and they're they're feeling uh, obviously concerned about this and worried about this. And to make a blatant comment that, oh, yeah, our, our economy is doing fine, that's, it's, it's kind of a I, – I was just shocked yeah. you know, to hear that. And yeah. Instead of being a little bit more uh, maybe in-depth and, and a little more upfront with about this. It comes hey, off a little callous, doesn't it? It, it really does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And maybe we are doing better than the rest of the world, and I would agree with that. But, you know, our policies affect the rest of the world. And and there's been some people out there challenging that. And we can talk about that tomorrow. Let's do that. Let's talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, being the tallest mountain in Kansas is is, uh, bigotry of low expectations, shall we say. John Dombrowski, (laughs) thank you. Go ahead, sir. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finland Sipigan and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC, United Affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, sir. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold. You know all about gold, and you're just looking probably for a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins 
that are available to you at the best value, which is why I love the Midas Gold Group. That's where I own my precious metals from. That's where Seb Gorka does and thousands of you already do. They're veteran-owned and proud supporters of this show. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's the Midas Gold Group at 480-360-3000. Tina is in Star Valley. Hello, Tina. Hello, Seth, and I'm going to say aloha because I'm going to put on my Hawaii third-generation native hat. Oh, yeah, there's Hawaii, um, right. We're talking Hawaii a little yeah. bit. Good for you. Aloha. We're talking, talking Tulsi. Aloha. No. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard, um, yeah, she's t- extremely attractive, extremely well-spoken, articulate, um, you know, and, and very smooth. And, boy, I wouldn't trust her as far as I can throw her. Interesting. You're seeing what I'm seeing a little bit, aren't you? <laughs> I'm seeing what you're seeing, and a lot of the, the uh, specifics of uh, for she, you know, what she voted for. And, and uh, she also supported Bernie Sanders, if you'll remember. And, um, you know, but just a visceral reaction to this. I am such a cynic about my home state. I love it. My, you know, my grandmother was born there. My dad was born there. I... I have, you know, close friends there, um, lots of relatives, um, and I just know that place. It's America's own little commie third world country. It's totally, you know, it's as blue as it can get. And anybody that those people elect is not to be trusted, just categorically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look at look at Maisie Hirano or, or don't. Oh um, yeah, right. I, there is no worse Democrat, probably. Um, oh, my and, and, and that's saying something in, in a field of lousy. Yeah. She's the worst. Um, Tina, yeah. you know, one of the things is when I've said things when I've talked about Tulsi Gabbard before, uh, along these lines, perhaps not as extensively as I did earlier. Uh, today, I tend to get a lot of pushback from people saying, come on, you know, you got to welcome the newcomer. You got to give her credit for seeing the kinds of things that you see. And I say, yeah, well, let's see. We'll wait and see. I'm not there yet. And I don't know that she's there yet. If she's off to form a third party, that's a disaster for Republicans because she ain't going to get Democrats voting for her. She's going to peel off Republicans voting for her. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the other thing, too, is, is that um, I'm thinking she may be, and this is a long shot, but, you know, maybe I'm, I'm crazy, but she may be positioning herself as a potential running mate for Trump in 2024. Well, um, you know, possibly. If, if yeah, there were, yeah, yeah. If there were naivety, if people were naive enough to think that she would bring in, well, she, you know, what the heck, she's not going to bring in the, the Democrats. But I say to the people who are, you know, chastising us for being suspicious of her, we don't need to be so slavishly welcoming. Right. Oh, thank you for, you know, for leaving the Democrats. We oh, do we'll stand for something. In. We do have yeah. a set of principles yeah. here. You know, that's the other thing. You know, there's another version of this I get, Tina, and probably more than with Tulsi which is people, my producer Bill is intimately familiar with this. We're exactly on the same page. I get this with um, Bill Maher. You know, whenever he does an interesting monologue that slams the left or the liberal ideology, people say, isn't that great? Isn't that great? And I say, well, 
is anyone telling Bill Maher the kinds of stuff that Rush Limbaugh and Dennis Prager, are they taking what Seth Liebson says to Bill Maher and having him say isn't that? I mean, he is only getting credit for saying the same things as a grown adult man who's given millions of dollars to the Democratic Party, what we've been saying for decades and decades. As soon as he stops putting the coda on every monologue, I do this because I love Democrats and want to defeat Republicans, then maybe I'll pay a little more attention. But right now, I don't know if he's anything more than a showman, honestly. Uh, no, I agree with you. And and again, you know, we don't need to be like that desperate, um, you know, plain wallflower who just can't, you know, who, who will dance with anybody because they'll ask her to dance. I mean, that's we need to have some dignity and some pride and, like you said, some principles. And these people who, you know, as soon as one of the, the, the people on the left says something that we agree with, we're just, oh, thank heavens they've seen the light. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's right. Because no. it, it's, it's true that you have, as I have, criticized our own party and our own movement on things here and there. You don't hear Democrats and leftists saying, oh, listen to what Tina, listen to what Seth said. Even they, you know, they're they they know what their principles are. They know where they're headed. They know what their movement is. And just because you criticize your own house a little bit here and there, it doesn't mean you're moving into the other family. No, in fact, it may make you a little more uh, suspicious. Yeah. Suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know, I, again, I don't, I don't want to see people get so desperate to be liked. Yeah, that's right. That they just let down their defenses. That's right. And, and the worst and, thing and again, that... if if she was elected by people from Hawaii, do not trust her. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last two things I'll say is, you know, she has decidedly, as of today, decided not to join the Republican Party. So the first time she's in front of a reporter between now and the election who may ask her, and why aren't you joining the Republican Party? Um, be careful, because she's going to say something that's going to be really bad for us going into November. I think so. And, think so. Um, yep. you know, and the other thing is, if she does form a third party, be careful. The third party relationship to Republicans tends to elect Clintons, tends to yep, elect exactly. Democrats tends to elect Bidens. It happened in Arizona. It happened in Florida with uh, the elections of uh, the election of 1992. It's not good. It's not good when these third parties come around and take and peel off votes from Republicans. They ain't taking votes. It's not Ralph Nader we have to be worried about. It's Ross Perot and the Libertarians or the Ross Perot movement, the Libertarians. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Thank you, Tina. Well, again, I, you know, major alohas, but not to talk to, to Thank you. To, uh, Can I say to mahalo, to. too? Is that a fair thing to say? <laughs> oh, yes, mahalo. And, of course, you are ohana. So, <laughs> <laughs> who, who said we don't appreciate diversity here? But what, what language uh, yeah, is that there. considered, Tina, at the expense of sounding um, Well, it's Hawaiian, yeah. but then remember there's also pigeon. Yeah. We have right. that pigeon, uh, which is so much fun. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy talk. Well, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's why we love you, because you're an English teacher. Thank you, Tina, in Star Valley. <laughs> Thank you, Seth. You betcha, as always. I'm Seth Liebson, 602 508
800-529-0960. As we go to break, I'll put in a word for our other sponsor, Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. I was feeling a little, just a little under this morning because I was burning the candle a little bit last night, both ends, a little longer and harder than usual. Took an extra dose, and I am good to go. Balance of Nature, pure, potent plant power. One daily dose gives you a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. You just take it once a day, and you're boosting your health, your immunity, and your energy. Balance of Nature Dot com is the website. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I was looking at conversion stories, famous ones, historical ones, uh, political conversion stories, and um, the trend has been mostly in the direction of converting to Republican or conservative from Democrat or liberal tends to be a little more that way. There are, of course, some examples in the other direction. And boy, we sure saw a lot uh, in 2016 and after, didn't we? I don't know how many of you have Showtime, but uh, the network, uh, the cable subscription or whatever, the online streaming and cable subscription network Showtime. But if you do, they have a uh, series on the Lincoln Project, the Lincoln Project, which uh, uh, was founded by several uh, Republican consultants, so-called Republican consultants, uh, and it founded itself to defeat Donald Trump in 2020. I believe it's five parts. I watched it over the weekend, and uh, it's worth watching if you do have showtime, for you will see the disgust I have for all of them. Uh, the lack of principle, uh, the lack of any concern about things that are Republican, uh, the personal peak, and uh, something that gets buried till the very end, which is, of course, the sex scandals, the underage sex scandals. They don't put that in until the very end. But beyond that, a very interesting tell in there uh, that if you uh, – Blink your eyes or walk out of the room and come back, you may miss, because it's a very quick drive-by point where one of these founders of the Lincoln Project admits or says, uh, probably not even thinking about it, says, well, you know, most of our staffers are Democrats. I don't know how you call yourself a Republican organization or even a conservative organization of principle when you admit that yourself, when you admit yourself that most of your people working for you are Democrats. It was a Democrat organization on the ground up, and it did tremendous damage to the conservative movement. It uh, gave us Joe Biden, helped very substantially give us Joe Biden. You will see that there in the project. They, they, did, they did help. They failed at a lot of the things they tried to do. They tried to take back some certain Senate seats and House seats that they didn't work on, that, that didn't work out so well. But their main target, Donald Trump, it worked. Uh, the Democrats used these, um, uh, shall we say, uh, very weak, very self-interested, in it for the money, exclusively Republicans with very little principle, uh, to give us the president we have now. Um, the only thing I wish that the series did, the documentary series did, was ask them if they're proud now of what they've done. Here we are uh, a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half into the Biden presidency. If they like this presidency and the way this country is going better. Uh, good work, idiots. I'm Seth Liebson. A lot more coming up. Don't go away. Be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.